Well, hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a podcast where we take some time to watch an episode of Parks and Rec, and then we talk about it. And by we, I mean myself. I'm Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hello. How how are you today, <laughs> sir? Good. I just thought I'd mix it up. I always ask you first. I, I'm well. I'm 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 well. This is a <clears throat> great episode, and I'm excited to talk about it as soon as my yeah. I mean, voice you're getting to, like to, yeah. I'm I'm verklempt. Uh, emotional already. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is an episode full of great emotion, and it's not, it's not every day the world ends. No, except it's about one, every six except, months, except the one day. So whenever <laughs> yeah. that is. So, uh, yeah, before we get too far into this episode, though, I mean, we do have some emails. Wait, how are you? I'm fine. OK, before we get too far into this, episode, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I mean, I it's a beautiful day and I have no complaints about the weather this time. <laughs> I'm glad we've checked in. Good. Yeah. So um, but we have some emails from people nice. that I, I think we should discuss. Um, and the first one, uh, let's go to listener Christy. This is a town forum, everybody. Town forum. We're going to hear from the, the the unwashed masses, as Rodden would say. Um, and so this is from uh, Christy, who is writing about her treat yourself options. Um, and she said uh, her first thing was depending on how much money I have available. Uh, but my most recent large purchase was a circuit easy press iron and mat with a cutting ruler, two sets of tools and several rolls of vinyl for making custom t-shirts. Is a circuit or cricket? Cricket. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it should be circuit cricket. Yeah. She, the one of those. Yeah. It's a vinyl cutter. Yeah. So my mom has one uh-huh. too. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Uh, and also if there are small amounts of cash available, uh, she buys small chocolate bars like Ghirardelli squares or bars of cho- a similar size in different flavors. Bacon, chili, salted caramel, pistachio, etc. flavor. So my favorite is etc. It's so all, good. That's just all of them. Yeah. In one. Yeah. It's like an everything bagel. Yeah. Everything but the bagel. <laughs> I Trader Joe's. Go try it. It's good. It's, it is good. It's good on all kinds of stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, those are some great options, Christy, because, you know, Treat yourself is a great day, but there's also the the little treat yourselves throughout the week, throughout the year that, you know, these Ghirardelli squares are fantastic for. So, yeah. Uh, and, you, and, and you can break them up. You can dole them out throughout the, the week if you don't eat them all in one sitting. So you that, can tr- treat yourself every night or that's day. Cu- that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> break them up. You're welcome. <laughs> break them up, you say. Uh <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to eat this chocolate bar so I don't binge it later. But yeah. Uh, do you remember the growing pains? Not growing pains. Wonder years. Wonder years. Yeah. There's an episode of wonder years where Kevin gets a zit on his forehead. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, ah. (laughs) And he looks at the, on his counter, he has a half eaten candy bar and he's like, ah, it's the candy bar. Right. And I was like eight years old when this show came out. And I said, who has half eaten candy bars? <laughs> you're doing I, you're doing candy wrong, Kevin. Like, like, you you got to just eat it all. The wonder so, is, why didn't you eat the whole thing? Yeah. My favorite. The, the, the So that scene stands out really vividly in my memory. The other one is when he's going pants shopping with his mom. <laughs> and she says to him, 
there's plenty of room in the crotch. <laughs> and then Kevin is uber embarrassed and imagines the overhead speaker saying, Kevin Arnold has plenty of room in the crotch. <laughs> that was the first, like, the cringiest show. Like, cringy. Like, before, when I watched The Office, and like, for the first time, that's mm-hmm. where that took me instantly. It was like, oh, this is grown-up version of The Wonder Years. Yeah, it was so good. So good. Um, all right. So that's, uh, we've already derailed like a town yeah. forum. Oh, oh, for sure. Uh, so here's another one. This is from, uh, from Dana who says, Hey guys, Parks is my favorite show. Oh, thanks. Welcome. I'm glad you found us. Oh, the show, not the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, the TV show. How presumptive uh, of me. Well, she is listening to this, so we can only assume, you know, unless she says the whole title of a thing. This is her favorite show. So she teaches high school and uses a ton of scenes to display concepts. So thank you for using our podcast in your high school. Yeah. So guys, this is why you got to stay in school. <laughs> Look at these nerds. They're not making any money off this. Nope. It is almost always on in our house because it's the only show the whole family agrees on. Yeah. We're bringing people together. That's right. Last year, Jim O'Hare was, did a cameo. I still, I, I What's still it's the TV show. Not the no podcast. Way to know. No way to know. <laughs> Last year, Jim O'Hare did a cameo for my husband for our 15th anniversary, and it was literally the best. My husband is also a dead ringer for Nick Offerman. Love listening to your podcast. You are approaching my family's second favorite episode. I cannot wait to hear your take. And so I can only imagine what that second favorite episode is. Uh, maybe it's today's. But Dana, uh, we asked a while ago in subject lines to use you know quotes from the the show for your subject line dana's subject line is what are you going to do without tides peru (laughs) so pretty excited about that and i love that joke because peru is landlocked yeah (laughs) so like that's that's just one of those little like geography jokes that's like that's hilarious they they're doing fine without tides all the time uh all right Not not enough geography jokes for sure yeah i always need more more geography jokes. And then we have a email from an anonymous uh, listener who prefers to keep their name off the internet, which I appreciate. Um, and uh, she says, the end of the world episode is one of my, the most beautiful and touching episodes in all of Parks and Rec. It is the episode I watch when I'm emotional and it means so much for me. The realization of Leslie that she can't force the relationship on Ben and the pain she feels are so relatable to me. Also, the love of Andy and April is so pure and beautiful. I love it. And then she says, also, you guys have a great podcast. I never miss an episode, which is awesome. Thank you so much for writing. And uh, today, that's the one we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the end of the world. Season four, episode six, the end of the world. And uh, this episode is epic in scope and uh, reading that email from that listener saying how it's so important to the, to them, uh, you know, puts a lot of pressure on us because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to mess it up. And because uh, this is a great episode. There's a lot of uh, wonderful, just touching things that happen in this episode. And then there's also Tom and John Ralphio's party. <laughs> Which, hey, there's 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 some touching moments in there, too. Yeah. I mean, we see, again, Donna underutilized in this one. Jerry perfectly utilized. <laughs> and then everybody else is just turned up to all the way. Like, right. They're just 
awesome character development all throughout. Um, and so everybody's got something to do. I wish I wish we had more Donna-ness in this. But uh, yeah, everybody's involved in some way. And, uh, you know, there are some great pieces of the whole uh, Parks crew. And uh, the basic premise, if you haven't watched this yet, if, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't seen this episode, maybe you just listen to our introductions and they're like, okay, now I know how to how to approach this one appropriately. Um, that's cool. Um, it's kind of like the half-eaten candy bar. Like, why would you stop? Just keep going. Um, but there is a cult in Pawnee that <laughs> from time to time uh, has parties and vigils to commemorate the end of the world. Um, that should tell you everything you know, need to know about that cult because so far nothing has happened. Also, Tom and John Ralphio, their company has failed. So they're going to throw a party for the end of the world. And, uh, and so those are the big main things that are happening, but then there's another piece with April and Andy who thinking like, what if the world is really going to end? What would we do with our last night on earth? so they start attacking Andy's bucket list, which is fantastic. So, Jeremy. Yeah. First impressions of this episode. Go. I love this episode. It's fantastic. Um, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite. I actually watched it twice. I watched, I watched it last night and this morning um, just because it's, it was really good. And I, I really do like the touching episodes. Uh, I got a soft spot for for that and uh, that's one of the reasons this is this episode is one of the reasons why I love Parks and Recreation there are funnier jokes throughout this entire series there are uh, better storylines probably but this show just kind of encapsulates uh, what I feel is like why again why this show is so amazing not just the character development because it can be funny it can be sad it, it can be emotional like it can it can you know actually make us feel something other than just trying to make us laugh all the time. And, uh, I think that's important for a show like this and makes it, it makes it feel a little bit more relatable. And that's, I mean, that's one of the emails that we got and it's, there's a reason why people like this episode so much. So yeah, that's, that's my take. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I do enjoy this episode very much. I think the, um, the the development of the town is so wonderful that like they mentioned many many episodes ago that that town was run taken over by a cult for a little while <laughs> right, right and that could have been one of those things that just never comes back but they brought it back <laughs> they brought it back dang it and it's so great hail zorp and so um they uh so like those kinds of consistent things that the town is a real place with real people like it's so fun um and i do i i really love andy and april um and their their relationship is the most like genuine relationship in uh in, i think in in television history I'm going to make that claim like wow. more than Pam and Jim. I think Andy and April are meant for each other. And like the way they interact is how like it, it's how I feel married people actually interact. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and, and, and their arc, like just moving, knowing how the story progresses for them is very realistic, but very them like all of those yeah. situations. It's great. 
Yeah, so I, I love this episode. So there's a couple ways we can go about this. We can just go through the episode or we can break it down into arcs. It's hard because the arcs kind of overlap in places. Okay. So right. however you want to do it. All I'm, right, let's I'm, just go through. Okay. And let's just let it happen. So, I'm for it. Okay, cool. So it, the cold open starts with Andy, uh, who is Leslie's assistant. And this is really the first time we see Andy doing assistant work in the office. <laughs> um, and his first, his first task it, that we see is presenting Herb's safe, safer, scafer. Uh, and then he immediately bows before Leslie. <laughs> and Leslie's like, you don't have to bow. He's like, as you wish, ma'am. Um, <laughs> he's, so a, he's, a, he's a herald. Yeah, he is announcing guests and heralding <laughs> things. Um, and so Herb comes in because um, he's got some terrible news. And uh, it's basically the world is going to end tomorrow at dawn. And um, so they need to reserve the park for their all night vigil to prepare. Uh, and so then Leslie explains that, you know, in the 70s, the town was run by a freaky cult. And every few years, the remaining members uh predict the world's going to end. They've got this whole all night vigil. And I love the way this ends. This cold open ends is it's super annoying because turns out when you think the world's ending, you don't aim so carefully in the porter potties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love to when, when she's like, uh, yeah, the it's going to be tomorrow. And she's like, you're not giving me a lot of time, Herb. <laughs> you got to find your spot. You know, you couldn't have right. give me a, a week's notice, you know, a yeah. little, little heads up. Well, I wonder if if Herb is um, like feeling the reasonableists are like like their community is drifting. And so he's got a surprise end of the world. Like we know <laughs> like it's a surprise party. Yeah. It's like, guys, 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 wait, hold up. We need to get together for this all night vigil um, because later on, we'll see that he plans pretty far ahead. Oh, yeah. And so this is a bit of a surprise. And so Leslie's worked with Herb probably a bunch of times for these vigils. Um, and, uh, and so I do think she's kind of annoyed. It's like, you're coming today. <laughs> what do you do about this? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you really think it's the end of the world, don't you think you would know? Um, so part of this episode that is so frustrating to me, there is a frustration is, uh, as a pastor, I deal with people who are very into the end of the world. And who look at things in the world and say, the time is nigh. <laughs> and like, there was a guy named Harold Camping who, uh, around the time that this episode was, um, was released, he was predicting that the world would end May 21st. And I think it was 2012. Uh, and this era episode aired November 3rd, 2011. So like Harold Camping was like ramping up his end of the worldness, uh, while this was getting going. And, uh, and so there's some of this that is just like a little too close to home with people I know, <laughs> but then we get to learn about the, this cult and you're like, okay, this is very different from the world that I know. <laughs> so right. af after the credits, Leslie begins to explain, um, that the, the followers of reasonableism are going to be joining together, awaiting the return of Zorp, the giant lizard God who will destroy the earth with his cleansing fire of judgment. Also, light refreshments will be served. <laughs> and Jerry is excited. He's like, oh, last year they had pizza. Are they going to have pizza? Um, and so she's like, no, they have got sandwiches and the nectar of a thousand sorrows. And this is where we find out that Andy knows what that is. 
It's like, it's so good. It's root beer and red wine. Oh, I went to one meeting. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so he was there. Uh, and then it gets, cuts to Tom in the E720 hangar. And uh, they're clearing out all their stuff, all their furniture. And I should tell you, I watched the extended version on iTunes. There's 27 minutes. Oh, nice. So I don't know what you saw. But um, yeah, so I don't know if there's going to be some things that maybe I saw that you didn't see. I don't know. There's no way to know for sure. So uh, yeah, so as Tom is sitting there, he's saying goodbye to this weird, the weird sea chair. And, uh, and the guy is like, you really sat in this? Like, yeah, I felt like a tiny King. Um, and so they're taking all this stuff out and, and John Ralphie was like, Hey man, we did it. <laughs> and I'm like, did what? <laughs> we failed. We ran this company into the ground. Um, and so John Ralphio just doesn't think that, uh, failure is a thing. Um, yeah, and, the important thing to remember is that it was a huge success, <laughs> right? It's like, no, no, it wasn't. Um, and Tom like lists all the other failures in company heaven. Pets.com, Blockbuster, Ask Jeeves. Um, it, my company is no better than a company where you ask a fake butler to Google things for you. Hey, and I and the crazy thing is, is yes, uh, Blockbuster is basically on its way out. It's still alive. There's there's still the last Blockbuster down in Bend, Oregon. So there's still hope. Yeah, I was uh, in Kenmore the other day, which is a town south of where we live. And, uh, I was by the Safeway mm-hmm. and I used to go there. There used to be a blockbuster there. Now it's all about pets. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I used to go to that blockbuster all the time cause it's by where Kathy lived and just driving by, I, I, I was filled with nostalgia. Like I miss blockbuster. It's weird. The things that we miss are also like, when you think about it, it was, it was all a hassle as well. Right. Like, Going to Blockbuster, I think of it fondly. It's awesome. It smelled like nasty popcorn and stuff in there. I don't know. And you got to peruse all of the videos and, you know, 200 copies of, you know, the latest disaster movie or whatever. Yeah, and there were two dis- two copies of Transformers and 200 right. copies of Transmographers. <laughs> Transmorphers, yes. Transmorphers. <laughs> yeah. And so and and but the thing is like you had to check it out, you had to make sure it's there. Like you didn't know before you went if the movie you wanted was there. And then you had to bring it back when you were done or else you got charged a bunch and or ended up owning it. And so it's like now it's like oh movies are so easy to get. You can download them on iTunes, half of them are on on Netflix and but and yet it's like, I still miss wanting to go in and just peruse, just look at all the, you never know what you'll find. It's right. just, it's different in person. Yeah. Totally also, agree. Also a huge hassle. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to go out. Yeah. But I think the hassle of it made it. So you're like, I'm watching this movie. <laughs> right. Like, I, 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 I worked for this. <laughs> I hunted and gathered this movie. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. And yeah. like your family like, this movie is terrible. It's like, I paid $2 to borrow this. Yeah, Mac and me is not going to watch itself. Oh, man. <laughs> you oh. gotta- <laughs> <laughs> Mac and me. Wow. There is a uh, ongoing thing with uh, listener. I would encourage you to Google this. Paul Rudd, who will be on the show shortly. No, uh, not, our back, show. not our show. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't say. That would be rad. Um, but if uh, Paul Rudd, when he would go on Conan he, for, to promote a movie, he would, you know, they play a clip. 
And he yeah. would always have them play a clip from Mac and Me. Yes. When the kid <laughs> fell off the cliff in his wheelchair. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so great. Which, which sounds like I'm making fun of a kid falling over. It's not, I'm not at all. It's just, it's, it was, it's like a, a meme. So don't, don't worry. I'm not terrible. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a, yeah. I think the whole blockbuster world uh, is like not having that experience. I think is making us weaker as a society. <laughs> yeah, well, because there's the whole immunity thing too. I mean, no, who knows how many diseases were, you know, viruses were passed on through Wound up in those VHS tapes. Be <laughs> <laughs> kind, rewind. Yeah, I, but I do, I do think like we take all of the access for things for granted. Sure. And so like, I, you know, having yeah. access to all the movies and just scrolling through Netflix, looking for something to watch and ending up not watching anything. Right, just or judging just along the way. Yeah, or just watching <laughs> Cheers again. So. Or, the, or the thing that annoys my wife the most is when I sit there for like, I don't know, about 30 minutes and just watch all of the previews for everything on Netflix. Like, what are we watching tonight? Looks like previews. It's trailer night. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, if, if you're in the Seattle area, one of the best places to go find movies still is Scarecrow Video down on, I believe it's off of Roosevelt. And yeah. it is fa- a fantastic place. Uh, the, the people full of like, they love film and everything about television and movies. So uh, if there's a place like that in your town, you know, try to try to check it out and support them because there's, there's not many of them left. Yeah. And Here's the fun thing. Netflix went to Blockbuster and said, what if we worked together? And Blockbuster said, that will never work. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. We got this. (laughs) Like we could still have Blockbuster and Netflix if they just would have like come together. Yeah. And it would have been awesome to be able to like Redbox is dumb. I hate Redbox. (laughs) It's like it's. I hate it so much because it's like you you don't get to look at the covers of all the movies. You know, it's so annoying. And so, yeah, we just I don't want to go to 7-Eleven to rent a movie. Yeah, there's nobody there to, to condescendingly judge your choice when you get to the, the counter. Like, oh, did I <laughs> yeah. make a good choice? What, what are they going to do? Are they going to yeah. say they love that one or just go like, hmm, Mac and me again, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, well, OK, that's your choices. <laughs> Have a boring weekend. So, um. Yeah, so they are, Tom and, and John Ralphio are mourning the company, and we find out that John Ralphio started with $450,000, and they have $5,000 each left. And so, um, what are they going to do? Well, John Ralphio's idea is to invest it, and then accidentally get run over by a city bus to start a hip-hop label. Mm-hmm. And then, Tom's idea is to throw a party for the end of the world. But I love how he brings it up. He goes, well, we could play it safe, but instead... Right. Yeah, playing it safe is accidentally getting hit by a bus. Sure. But playing it safe is throwing this big, huge party, and John Ralphio is in, like Laura Flynn, Boyle, from the practice. Dilly, 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 swag. So, um, yeah. So then, got back to the office... And Chris is asking about this cult. And he says, why do they call themselves the reasonablists? And Leslie's like, well, because if anybody criticizes them, they'll seem like they're attacking something reasonable. And Ben is kind of surprised by the brilliance of it. Um, and uh, and Chris is like, do we have anything to worry about? And Leslie's like, no, they've done this 15 times. And nothing. the only thing that's ever happened one time is when Lance Armstrong dumped Shell Crow. And Chris is like, that, that was a tragic day. <laughs> uh, 
and uh yeah so but chris like we should go ben and i should go um just to you know make sure that everything goes goes well and my favorite line is chris saying i insist these people live on planet nut brain i live on planet nut bran <laughs> bran and nuts are very helpful for your colon <laughs> so um so thanks, thanks chris yeah, helpful. So Leslie talks to Ben's like, looks like we have to do this. And Ben's like, I'll go, but I'm going to leave. Uh, I don't think we should hang out that much these days. It's still kind of weird. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Leslie is bummed and her, her, uh, talking head is like, yeah, big deal. Lots of people don't hang out. Jerry and April, Obama and Madonna, probably. So we're in good company. <laughs> so I love Jerry and April don't hang out. It's on the same level as Obama and Madonna not hanging out. Right. Um, yeah. So then April and Andy are working hard in the office um, doing nothing, which is, you know, Ron's culture of office work. And April's like, what should we do? And Andy is suggesting all the things they normally do. Pizza, Xbox, make prank phone calls, get hammered, make out. And April's like, we do that all the time because and Andy, he's so sweet. The repetition is key to a good marriage. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, so you heard, you heard something like that one time, right? It's like, uh, the repetition is something to something. I can't remember. <laughs> so, cause the expression is repetition is the mother of memory. Get it? I made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so then there, wow. April's like, well, let's do something weird. And it's like, we could do something on my bucket list. And so, and April's like, yes, let's do this. So they're listing off the things, uh, Catch the winning touchdown of the Super Bowl, make the most amazing mm -hmm. grilled cheese sandwich, win the lottery, ride a, ride a unicycle, invent something. I'd like to remake the movie Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal, where he plays a genie, and I'd like to get it get right. right. Yes. <laughs> Go Finally. skydiving, outrun a hippo, fly first class on a plane, and when people walk by, be like this. And you're just like, no, pointing to the back. <laughs> Teach my, my son to throw the perfect spiral. Have a son. <laughs> so that's what they're going to do. They're going to do things off the bucket list. Um, and Andy's like, which one should we start with? We could change my cell phone plan. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> so they start with going to the bank. And that already sounds fun because uh, Andy's goal is to hand, hold a thousand dollars in his hands, which is like when I was a child thinking about a thousand dollars all in one moment, that would be awesome. And they, the lady, the teller hands him 10, $100 bills. <laughs> and that is disappointing. Yeah. And I totally felt all of the disappointment that Andy felt when he's holding that. It's like, huh? So then they counted out into $1 bills <laughs> and uh, that was what he was looking for. And Andy's so psyched by the, the volume of bills that then he's like, I want to, I want to move it all to nickels. A billion nickels. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is not how many nickels it would take. And don't ask me how many it would take. I have no idea. The bank teller was amazing. She's like, have you ever seen this much cash in your life? She's like, I just handed it to you. Like, she's <laughs> yes. so sweet. So uh, she was so great. Especially when they're like, whoa, how much do we have left over? $18 and four cents. Like, wow, that's still a lot. And she's like, looks, I'm like, is it though? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She, you can tell this lady has worked with a lot of annoying people she's a bank teller in Pawnee. Yeah. Yeah. So people probably come up to her and like, I've got a great business idea all the time. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to have a restaurant that just sells salads. And the bank lady's like, well, that's definitely an idea. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so then uh, cut to the park because they're getting ready for the vigil. And for some reason, Anne is there. I know she works part time for the city, but there's no reason that Anne should have to go and collect rental fees. <laughs> like this, she comes up and she did not pay for the permit. And or Herb didn't pay for the permit. And so Anne's like, it's $28. And Herb's like, oh, sorry. Here's a check. You can cash that tomorrow. And she looked. Herb looks at all the other reasonableness, like <laughs> there won't be a tomorrow. <laughs> um, and uh, and then Ron shows up and he's like, he's he's everybody knows him. Uh, and he's like, it's a beautiful night for the end of the world. Congratulations to all of you for reaching the finish line. Uh, and then a talking head, Ron explains why he's there. He's like, they're ridiculous, um, but they also require flutes for their ceremonies. And I make flutes <laughs> in my wood shop. And so Cut back to the park. He's like, flutes are $80. Recorders are $150. Um, and Herb is like, these are great. Would you take a check? <laughs> and Ron is like, sure. Uh, and later on, we'll see Ron like counting cash. Because <laughs> like he's making money off these people. Because right. he recognizes that they are just ridiculous. Um, but, you know, someone's got to sell them flutes. So he's for it. Uh, and then we cut back to the party. That Tom is throwing with with John Ralphio. Um, there are four VIP areas, one of which is sponsored by Sobe Lifewater. And we were just talking about Sobe the other day. We were. That's weird. <laughs> and, and I totally forgot that there was an episode of Parks and Rec where they Sobe Lifewater sponsored a thing. And then it made me realize Sobe has become douche juice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. like that's this party. Like as as Tom was listening through all the things about the party. I was like, I never want to go to this ever. <laughs> I would die to go going to something like this. Um, and so there's uh, craps roulette, the pirate ship bouncy castle with bustle bubbles, a shrimp wall where Roy Hibbert is just handing out shrimp uh, <laughs> and free fedoras, the makeout room, get a gift bag. Uh, there's a Bengal tiger, uh, 10 uh, huge scary bouncers with earpieces. Uh, DJ Blunts is making mixing up new beats, and only 200 people are admitted to maintain exclusivity. And uh, and then they're like, "Let's do this party starts now." They open the door, and no one's there. And uh, they're like, "This is fantastic." You know, you don't you don't want anybody to show up on time. That would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite parts of that too is when they go. It begins, and they they clink their glasses together and you hear the sound, but they both say clink as well. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So party's getting going. It's going to happen. Go back to the park. Shauna's there because she's writing a paper, uh, article for the reasonableists. Um, this is an event in town. Um, I'm, this has happened 15 times already. And I'm just surprised that the newspaper's going. But you with know. all of the media outlets that they have, I mean, they gotta they gotta have content. They gotta come up with content somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm even if it's the same content. Yeah, I'm surprised Herb uh, Her Perd isn't there. Sure, because I, I I would imagine Perd would actually be in the reasonable list. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> like you know, it and sounds Joan, to me and Joan, like you <laughs> are a religion. <laughs> yeah, and Joan would uh, probably ha she's probably tried to be in the reasonable lists. And they're like, Joan, you're too crazy for us. Right. You're unreasonable. Um, <laughs> you're unreasonable. You're out. 
Uh, and then they break her key card. Um, so yeah, so Sean is like, is there any reason this is a threat to public safety? And Chris is like, no, nothing, everything's fine. Um, and then uh, Sean's like, so why are two people from the city manager's office here? And uh, Ben's response is, well, nothing better to do, <laughs> which probably sounds more about a problem for me than them. Uh, and they walk off and Leslie then gives them some headline ideas, which are great. Uh, the first headline idea is it's the end of the world as they know it, but Pawnee feels fine. And that's too long. And then she has another one. Okay. Zorp Schmorp. <laughs> Doomsday prediction falls flat. A citizen send, spend pleasant evening enjoying one of Pawnee's finest parks. And so that one's longer. So let's like, all right, then just Somehow go with the first longer. one. <laughs> yeah. Gazebo, so, more like Gazoinkspo. Gazoinkspo. Uh, yeah. So um, then Sean is like, hey, he's cute what's his situation and Leslie's like chris is like no ben um and so then leslie's jealousy rises up as she sees somebody else may be interested in ben and uh she gets all flustered and uh yeah so she's not happy about these developments um and uh and comes over is like what's happening and leslie's like the world is ending um shauna likes ben and uh, and she's like, I know how this goes. They're going to fall in love. They're going to have babies. They're going to get married. And Sean, uh, they'll change their names. Uh, and Ben will be Ben Wyatt Malway Tweep <laughs> instead of uh, Shauna Malway Wyatt. Um, he's going to take her name. Uh, and uh, yeah, so she's annoyed and she's frustrated and she's like spinning out of control. Um, and then Anne's like, nothing to worry about. Don't worry. But then they look over and they see Shauna puts her arm her hand on Ben's arm. And they're like, oh, that's something. I've seen that move. <laughs> and so Leslie's goal for the rest of the night is to stop that possible relationship. So that's that's part of the tension of what's happening at the Reasonablest Park. Not just the pending doom of the uh, whole world, um, but um, there's dangerous flirting. So... <laughs> Uh, and then cut back to Andy and April's house and Andy uh, is playing scratchers and he won 10 bucks, which counts as winning the lottery. And then uh, they're having grilled cheese and it's like, is this the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich ever made? Uh, and April says, it's pretty awesome. And so like, Andy's like, that's not good enough. I'm not trying to make a pretty awesome grilled cheese sandwich. Got to go back to the store. We're getting a different kind of cheese. Um, and April's like, no, no, no. This is the most amazing grilled cheese ever, sandwich ever. And so, like, okay, what's next? um so and i love that and i love that too about them like he doesn't get mad like he was gonna go like go get extra different cheese make the best one and then even though she walks it back and says no this is the best one he's like that's good enough for me like i know you're probably just saying that but let's move on like like, that was a a nice little moment i don't know if andy knows she's probably just saying that maybe yeah but i'd (laughs) like to believe or yeah but but even though it's still enough for him he's like yeah great yeah, That's I think I think Andy has no reason not to believe April. Yeah, because she has been up to this point completely one hundred percent honest with him about everything. <laughs> like she doesn't lie to him because there's no reason to lie to Andy. Right? He's not he's not going to remember anything. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not going to lie yeah, to your so, dog. You're not yeah, going to say so, like you know we're we're going to the vet. You know we're going we're going to the park and then take him to the vet. Like the dog doesn't know. I do that all the time. Oh, you, you talk, oh, we're going to the park. And then I say, surprise. you want to go for, want to go for a walk? And then Maggie's like, <laughs> yeah. 
And then we get in the car and she's like, okay, this is different. <laughs> and then we drive towards the vet. And like, as soon as we get to the intersection where the vet office is, she starts to be like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> this is where the, the people poke me with stuff. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty intense. So I always wow. have to lie to my dog. You lie to your dog. Okay. I, I take it back. I take it back. Yeah. They're pretty smart. So, uh, so at the park, Leslie's like, Oh, Hey, here you guys, you guys are still talking. Ben hasn't bored you to death by now. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, Leslie is trying to convince Shauna that Ben is completely boring. Um, and he's like, Hey, you, and also trying to pull Shauna away. So he's like, Hey, I like your pants. Uh, you want to go get pants? Let's go buy some more pants. <laughs> um, and she was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to head over to that party. Um, and Ben's like, yeah, uh, Tom emailed me. Maybe I'll go check that out. And uh, Leslie is uh, trying to make them not do that. And it's like, well, you should stay here uh, because you don't want to miss when Zorp shows up. Boy, would your face be red. And then Herb hears them say that and says, when Zorp shows up, your faces will be melted off and used as fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And yeah. that Herb's ability to just like jump in will pay off later. Like, and he we, says it like that's a good thing. Like, yeah. hey, you know, this is what we've all been waiting for. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So cut back to the party and uh, there's a money cage thing where they blow all the money up and whatever you grab, you can keep. Um, and, uh, then Tom starts talking about the perfect party, how elusive it is and how he's a, uh, a party scientist and this is his laboratory. And, uh, yeah, again, I hate this. <laughs> I, w- I would go just for the, the swag bags. Well, what's in it? Is uh, it like Dennis Feinstein colognes and perfumes? <laughs> I don't want that. I'm positive that would be bad for my dogs. So how are you spraying them on your dogs? <laughs> uh, because it says has not been tested on animals. So it's like someone has to. <laughs> you're doing you're doing the work. You're doing the work for Dennis. <laughs> That's how you save money. Yeah. They pass on testing to you. <laughs> so no big, no big testing middleman. <laughs> yeah. No, I can test things on my own. Sure. I'm, that's what I got all these chumps for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful. It's very bad. I'm sorry. I don't test it, things on animals. Yeah. And you don't have chimps either. Um, right. <laughs> uh, just, yes. just dogs, I guess. All right. You don't know about the chimps? I did. Well, I mean, I've been here. I, I would be surprised. I've, I've been to your house. So, yeah. I don't know where you're hiding them. Good. Perfect. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> All right. So, back to the park. Um, and Ron is talking to Chris. And, and Chris is like, uh, so you were here when reasonableism first swept in. And it's like, yeah. And he gives us the the origin story. Lou so good. I love this. Prozotovich was an office supply salesman. And one day he had an interesting idea. Maybe he could write a book to help people organize their office. And her organize hearing it, it <laughs> off of the distance, organize it and holds it up. <laughs> the book was a big success. Then Lou had another interesting thought. <laughs> Maybe there was a 28 foot tall lizard with a volcano for a mouth who controlled the universe. That is interesting, Chris says. So he wrote a second book. 
And then her appears again. Organize it too. Engage with Zorp. <laughs> I love how <laughs> completely different thing. Nothing to do with organization. No. But it's organize it too. <laughs> yeah. And like organize it is fine. Organize it too. Like you as he holds it up, it's got a like, bunch oh. of like the flags and the and the pages. And <laughs> yes. like he's very into it. Um and uh and so Chris says, Hey, can I look at that? And, and Herb's like, you can keep it. I'd skip the first couple chapters if I were you. Between you and me, it doesn't really get good until Zorp shows up. <laughs> and Ron's like, Zorp is the lizard. Uh, so it's kind says, of funny too because one one book helps you get your life together, and the other one helps you completely destroy it. Yeah. Now, one of the I don't know. I don't know if this is a part of what they're doing of making fun of productivity culture, but I have this book by David Allen called Getting Things Done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a great organization book, and it has actually really helped me. But there are people who are very into GTD and the whole GTD mindset, and um, it is—it's not far from a cult. <laughs> if David Allen said to the GTDers, "You guys, there's a 28-foot-tall lizard that it, that we need to bow down and worship." I, there would be some who would say, well, Dave said, Dave said, what are we going to do? <laughs> I so. think they, I think they are poking fun of it a little bit because later on when they're looking for music to listen to, he's there's the, who stole my cheese audiobook, And that was a huge, huge, yeah. like uh business help, self-help book, like mm-hmm. how to get ahead in the business world. Like that was its own mini movement for a while. So, right. So yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they are subtly poking at these kind these cultures and saying you're not that far off from a cult. <laughs> yeah. Does it spark joy? <laughs> yes, it does. Everything sparks joy. That's why I have it all. That's why um, I have it all. Can't throw it away. <laughs> I'm the most joyful person because of it. All my stuff is my joy. Yeah. Why would I throw joy away? All right. <laughs> so many good questions. Uh, so. Andy and April again back to their house and Andy's wearing a motorcycle helmet and he's like, I'm ready. Uh, and he's like, I'm not ready. I'm kind of scared. And, and he's like, you want to be an action star and this is your chance. And so then we see Natalie is there uh, and she's going to film with April's phone, uh, Andy in a action scene. And the action scene is to rescue Janet Snakehole from uh, Mikhail Petrov played by Jerry. Um, and so he's going to, jump through the slider uh, of their back door and then rescue April. And this all happens. It's amazing. Um, and so Jerry, Jerry and April are hanging out. Kind of. <laughs> Jerry does not want to be there. Uh, he's, <laughs> oh, there, there is a roast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why? Well, I, I would want to go home too. Um, and uh, I love Natalie in this scene. <laughs> yeah. She's holding the camera, like not pointing at anything in particular, <laughs> just like holding it. And like, whatever, uh, totally Nataline it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they, um, Andy, when he comes in, he's like, he was, breaks the thing with the helmet. And he's like, oh, my face, my face is fine. Mikhail Petrov. <laughs> Jerry's like trying to read the lines. Forget it, Macklin. You're too late. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I need my cheaters. I cannot see. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy's like, you're doing really good. You're doing great. Andy's um, so positive. Yeah. Um, and April as Janet's like, he stole my jewels and now he's going to ravage my body and he stinks. He really stinks. <laughs> so they fight. He rescues them. He rescues April. 
Um, and Jerry is on the ground. He's like, can I go? <laughs> Gail is making a roast. <laughs> and they start making out. And Jerry's like, oh. <laughs> so that's one more thing off the bucket list. Cut back to the park. And Ron is playing uh, some beautiful music on the flute. It's a flute circle. It's like a drum circle, but somehow worse. And um, finishes the song and he says, that was Symphony for the Righteous Destruction of Humanity in E Minor by the late Lou Prozodovich. <laughs> so Reminder. Lou, Lou organizes and writes music. Yeah. Yeah. He's very in. He's He's got a whole. He's a, a renaissance, whole, renaissance whole, man. A whole worship system happening here. Yeah. Um, and so Ron reminds them the, the flutes are for sale. And he's like, you can't take it with you, people. Um, and then Chris comes in. He's like, hey, I just speed read both of your books. And full disclosure, I think they're bonkersville. Um, <laughs> but I did notice you are interested in reincarnation. And Chris is, you know, a, uh, you know, interested in Eastern philosophies. Right. And so uh, Herb says, like, it makes sense, right? From the universe, we emerge into the universe, return. And there are infinite forms we can take in, in infinite universes. And Chris like, that's wonderful. Well, this morning, you will take a new form, that of a fleshless, chattering skeleton when Zorp the Surveyor arrives and burns your flesh off with his volcano mouth. <laughs> that was very strange what you said. <laughs> I don't like it as much as what the other thing you said. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris is really seeking here. Yeah, he, he's uh, he, he wants... Something to hope in, right? Um, but also, he also doesn't want to become a chattering skeleton. Right. I don't uh, like that part. Yeah, that's Bunkersville. Um, and so, uh, Ben starts to leave, and Leslie sees it, and he's like, where are you going? And it's like, hey, well, come hang out. Let's play this new game I made up called Chess Risk. It takes 15 hours to play. Um, and he's like, no, I'm going to go to that party. And he's like, oh, wait, there's something else. I need you to go. I want you to see um, that. And so, they basically Leslie hijacks Ben away from going to the party um, and tries to stop them. But uh, Leslie ignores Anne um, and then cut back to the party and uh, Ben and Tom are now dressed as drum majors uh, and uh, they introduce a drum line to the party, which drum again, lines are, drum lines are awesome. Drum lines are awesome in the right context. Like, you know, at a sporting event, at a party in, a, in inside too very loud. loud very too, loud <laughs> too loud we're, we're old we're old guys <laughs> so that's, old that's too loud as soon as this i when i i remember I, this came out 11 years ago so i would <laughs> have been and you were too old i would have been 30 years old and at that point i was like it's too loud inside for that you, you gotta do that outside that's an outside activity <laughs> so uh yeah so the drum get line's of, happening get out of my hangar Oh man, it just dry, like even thinking about it, like uh, I get tired with their party. <laughs> um, so Ben and Leslie cut back to Ben and Leslie driving around, and Ben's like, "We've already been down the street," and uh, Leslie clearly is going just driving. And she's like, "Where's your favorite place to go?" <laughs> so, um, and uh, then they end up at the special location, which is a an abandoned old gas station, and Ron or. Uh, Ben is like, is this where you're going to murder me? Um, and uh, and she says, no, this gas station was owned by Mick Jagger. Uh -huh. And I know how much you like financial records. And I found it when I was looking, researching for my book. It was for M. Jagger. thought maybe it was a woman, but nope, it was Mick Jagger owned from 1951 to 1958. Um, and Ben's like, oh, so he was eight when he owned this. Like, yep, 
<laughs> Absolutely. You're standing on rock and roll history. Um, and Ben just says, look, we can't do this. We can't hang out. We broke up and we can't keep doing this. So it just makes it harder. Um, and so Leslie's like, oh, okay. And that's heartbreaking. You can see yeah. the sadness in Leslie. Like she does not want to admit that her choices have consequences. And her choice to run for city council had this consequence that her and Ben uh, couldn't have the scandal of their relationship keep Leslie from pursuing her goals, which is tough. That's a tough thing to, to acknowledge, but she's coming to acknowledge that. Um, speaking of goals you can't, you know, that you can't always accomplish, cut back to Andy and April. And uh, they're going on the list. And so Andy's like, this one would get us arrested. Uh, we can't do this one because we need Eddie Vedder and a time machine. Uh, I think we've really done everything that we can do. And April's like, really? And then so she looks at the list and like, we can do this. And I love how they build April and Andy's closure for this this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, we can do this. And Andy's like, no, it's impossible. And keep in mind, the end, the world could end in just a few short hours. Right. Uh, and, and April's like, no, we have $1,000. We're young and irresponsible. Let's go. And Andy's like, our car will break down. She's like, we'll steal my dad's car. Um, and uh, April's like, well, look, this is dumb, but I, we have enough momentum right now to keep doing something stupid before we change our minds. And he's like, you are right. <laughs> no thinking, just stupid. Yes. So they go and they have got their plan. Cut back to the park. And, and Chris is uh, talking with Anne and Ron um, and talking about reincarnation. And uh, Chris is like, you know, it's unlikely in Buddhist thought that you would come back as a human being. You could come back as a pretzel or a socket wrench. Ron, what would you like to be? And Ron says, socket wrench sounds pretty good, actually. (laughs) Um, And Anne's like, I think you could spend so much time thinking about reincarnation that you don't live in the moment now. And Chris is like, that is beautiful. Let's go to Tom's party. Um, and so let's have some fun in this life. And so they're like, yeah, that sounds good. So they leave. And then Ron's like, no, wait. I'll go with bolt cutters, <laughs> which is so great. Yeah. But it's also brilliant. Like Ron is like, I want to be useful. Right. It's like a soccer wrench is useful, but also a soccer wrench will last forever. <laughs> like, like, it's like, well, the, it's going to last all of us. Right. And just the fact that like he thought about it. Like he was like, you know what? Oh, maybe not a socket wrench. <laughs> like what yeah. was going through his mind the whole time? What were the other things he came up with? Hammer? No. Screwdriver? Probably not. Bolt cutters. They'll yeah. Get you into things. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Um, so then they go to the party and uh, Anne and Chris are dancing. And Anne uh, says to him, maybe you'll be reincarnated as a good dancer. Uh, and Anne's like, or Chris like, I love that. Um, so... Here we have a little a hint of future relationship with Anne and Chris. They're healing after Chris's embarrassing breakup with Anne. Um, their friendship is growing. Um, but yeah, there's more to this relationship than we see right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where the only time we see Donna. She's talking to John Ralphio and Tom. And uh, John Ralphio is wearing a super blonde wig for a minute. Um, and uh, she says, this is the best party I've ever been to. And Tom's like, I don't know, David Beckham didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, that's a long shot. Um, and then we Lucy shows up out of nowhere. And uh, and Lucy says, yeah, Jean-Ralphio called me and told me that this was a very special occasion. I should come down. 
Uh, so yeah, it's nice to see you. And and Tom's like, wow, John Ralphio, you did this for me. And then the talking head, John Ralphio says, I actually forgot they ever dated. <laughs> so yeah, good job, John Ralphio. But they had that moment for a second where you're like, oh man, like, oh, thank you for everything. Thank you so much. And they yeah. hug and it was like really, you know, real. And then it turns out, nope. Yeah. Everything John Ralphio does is for himself. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So then cut back to the park and her, oh man, I wrote this down, but it is, uh, not showing up properly. Uh, Herb is leading in a final prayer here with the, uh, reasonableists and, uh, (laughs) need to expand my notes. (laughs) Oh man, go. Uh, Don is nigh. Zorp the Surveyor approaches, and all earthly debts will be repaid to the original source of life in the universe. Last call for donuts. <laughs> I would, you know, if I thought the world was ending, I would want donuts around. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely am. Yeah, last, I just love that it's like, last call for donuts. And yeah. there's yep. a finality to it. Like, <laughs> this is it. No, this is, this is the last call. Last call for donuts. Um, and so, what lastly, your, what would your donut be if if it had to be the last donut? Last donut. Oh man, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you first. You, you're walking up to the you're walking up to the folding table. The cardboard box is there. It's been picked over a little bit. You got a choice between an old fashioned, one of those weird like like spongy ones that are mm-hmm. spiraled. I, I yeah. don't like those. Oh, and, I love those. Uh, maple bar. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably just, I, I would go with a maple bar probably. I, you know, if there was an apple fritter, um, yeah, that's what I would have. Apple yeah, fritter. But the likelihood of an apple fritter at this point in the evening yeah. is real low. Pretty low. Pretty low. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you're, you're pretty I, guaranteed to have a bear claw and the spongy thing. Because a lot of people like steer away from those. I don't like the spongy ones. Those I are like, weird. I like to think of them as like an appetizer for another donut. <laughs> yeah, they're very deceiving because you bite into them and you, they just like they're full of air. Yeah, like, it's I, like I a moist it's, croissant. That's really weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> soggy croissant. <laughs> Who wants a soggy croissant sandwich? <clears throat> yeah, Who probably, hopefully, hopefully just like that half a maple bar that somebody had like, oh, I'll just have a half of one more. So I'd, I'd finish off the other half of the maple bar probably. Okay. Yeah, I would go. I would go with maple bar just because it's a good like it's a a reliable donut option. Sure. But yeah. Uh, listener, <laughs> let us know end of the world. What's your donut of choice? A uh, raspberry filled would also be acceptable. It's available. I would go with a raspberry filled because you get the delicious glazed donut and a little bit of raspberry jam. So can't go wrong. So Leslie asked Ron, what would you do? Cause she came back after Ben left and, uh, Ron's like, I'd like to see my, I drink some whiskey and go see my ex-wives. I want to watch them meet their fiery end with my own eyes. <laughs> um, and then Leslie's like, can I ask you, uh, talk to you about a personal matter? And Ron's like, no, but given there's only 20 minutes left of human existence, also no. <laughs> uh, and she basically says like, look, I lost my mind. This whole thing with Ben is not great. He, we broke up because of me. Um, and, uh, Ron's like, well, that's significant that you would want to be with him. Uh, problem is the world is not ending tomorrow. The sun's going to rise right over there. There'll be a regular Friday and you'll be in the exact same position you were in before. Um, yeah. So she needs to stick with her decision and it's hard to deal with this. Um, but she's coming to terms with that. Um, and, uh, and so 
the thought, uh, Leslie says, it's just the thought of him with someone else is making me miserable. Then Herb hears, <laughs> if it makes it feel any better, Leslie, we'll all be dead in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Leslie says, that does make me feel better. <laughs> Thank you, Herb. And Ron, guy's got ears like a fruit bat. <laughs> Yeah, because he inserts himself into all of yeah. the conversations from, from way downtown. Here's Herb. Yeah. So I, I love that they finally call it out. Right. He's got ears like an earth, uh, a fruit bat. So, uh, so then it cuts to April and Andy stealing her dad's car. Um, and, uh, that, you know, that's going to take him 30 hours to drive there. Um, and, uh, Andy's like, oh, I didn't bring any music. Does your dad have anything good? Um, and, uh, he's looking through the visor. Which is already a bad sign. If that's the only place where you have CDs in your visor car, music. the visor, like that's clearly dad music, right? And like, yeah, because like the way to go is the twenty-four CD notebook. Sure, because then you can take it with you, and you can take it in, and you, there's a, a possibility that you're switching stuff out. Yeah, but once it's in the visor, that's where they stay. And once it's in the visor, it might as well be forgotten about. Like that's a, now a load bearing visor, right? You can't take those out. Um, and so they find the Starlight Express original cast recording act one and who moved my cheese book on tape as well as Bobby McFerrin. Um, and uh, I only know one Bobby McFerrin song. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> hey, that Bobby McFerrin yo-yo ma collaboration was that was good. I am unfamiliar. Well, trust me cello and a guy that makes noises with his mouth awesome all right i'll take your word for it okay i wouldn't lie to you like your dog <laughs> no i lied to my dog no it's oh, your, you. your dog doesn't lie to you <laughs> no she's 100 honest 100 percent of the time okay so uh, so andy they're gonna drive for uh for, for 30 hours each way so andy's like look you listen to whatever you want I'm going to take a quick snooze for like 12 hours. So I'm fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're driving and, uh, and then part go back to the, the hangar and the party's ending and Tom's sending everybody out. There's shuttles to drive drunk people home. Valets will drop your car off later today. Uh, and designated drivers, you get a thank you bag and enjoy the giant bows I put on your car. Um, <laughs> and then Lucy comes like, Hey, it was great to see you. Uh, and Tom's like, are you sticking around? I was like, I gotta go back to grad school. This is a really fun party. Uh, and Tom's like, I don't know. I'm after this is done, I'm going to be broke. I don't have a job. Uh, well, this is the best party I've ever been to. He's like, yeah, it's pretty great. Great. And then Lucy kisses him as he's complaining about how it could have been better. And, uh, and then says, all right, I'll see you around. <laughs> and Tom is just like shocked. He's like, you saw that <laughs> looking at the camera, <laughs> right? You saw that. And you saw that too. <laughs> so, um, then Leslie goes to Ben's house and like yells through the window Shauna Malway Tweep thinks you're cute. And then Ben opens the door. What are you talking about? That's why I took you to McJagger's abandoned gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Because she she thinks you're cute and I just don't, I can't handle that relationship. And um, I'm coming to terms with the fact that our romantic relationship is over. And uh, and, uh, then she apologizes. And Leslie's like, why don't you tell Shauna to make herself decent? I'll apologize to you as well. Oh, Shauna's not here. I was, oh, see what I did? <laughs> so uh, pretty clever of Leslie um, to uh, to do that. And uh, yeah, so and resolution yet, and yet, do you there. Think, do you think that shows like like that look when she walks off and Ben's kind of looking at her like, like, are you still like you're trying to be good, but and you're trying to end it, end it. But I could, he could tell that he could tell. 
you could tell that he could tell that she was still interested, like that there's mm-hmm. still a chance, right? Yeah. Well, I do think that Leslie is um, coming to terms with it, but it's not over. Right. Right. That, that's you what know? I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then we cut back to Andy and April and they arrive at their destination and uh, they walk out to parking the car and we finally reveal where they were going, which is the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Which is amazing. Right. I love the Grand Canyon. It is so cool. And they're like, it is even more amazing than I imagined. And April can't even find a reasons to be annoyed. And, uh, and Andy's like, thank you. I wouldn't have done this without you. I'm just staring off in the distance. And then Andy says, where's all the faces? <laughs> like the presidents. <laughs> and she just looks at him and then they cut. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Because <laughs> one, Mount Rushmore is much closer to right. <laughs> Pawnee, Indiana than the Grand Canyon. So like that's part of her annoyance in that moment is like, that would have been a lot easier to do. Um, yeah. Or, or also I'd like to think that maybe Andy thinks that there are multiple national monuments in one place. Like <laughs> maybe. The Grand yeah. Canyon and Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone. Like, where's the geyser? Where's the, where's the blow up water? <laughs> yeah. Where are all the big trees? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that so much that, that, that resolution of that plot line is just so great. Um, <laughs> and, and even the way they filmed it, right? Like they, you know, we, they get there, they don't show us right away. Like they we're walking with them as they're experiencing the awe of the Grand Canyon, the beauty of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was really, and that's like just in the filmmaking portion, I felt like that anticipation and the sentiment was really, really cool because we got to see their reaction before we, because it's really hard to see, like we've seen pictures of the Grand Canyon and, and, and big natural things like that. But unless you're there in person, it's kind of hard to, to show the grandeur of things like that. Right. So anyway. Yeah. The best way to take in the Grand Canyon is to see somebody else's experience of trying to take in the Grand Canyon. Exactly. That's why Instagram was made. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. So the. uh, So then the Ed credits, Herb is talking to Leslie, like, look, I'm shocked. I uh, thought it was this day, but I'm I'm disappointed that the world didn't end that day. Uh, But I've been reevaluating the text and I was wrong. And Leslie's like, well, math is hard. (laughs) So the actual end of the world is six months from now. And so May 19th. All right. So she looks at the calendar to see if they can reserve the park. He's like, there's already something in the park. He's like, ah, I may have been wrong. It's May 20th. And she's like, ah, that's free. Uh, so the end of the world is scheduled purely based on park availability. availability yeah. So, yeah. All in all, great episode. Loved yes. it. And uh, yeah, so much fun. Um, the. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts? Anything else that stands out to you from this one? Um, no, I mean, Mike sure uh, wrote this one. And so, I mean, it was definitely right in his wheelhouse of of all the, the comedy and the feels and everything. So, um, and again, 8.6, you know, it doesn't have probably the most iconic lines or things like that. So I could see why people didn't. But for me, this is up there with some of my, my favorite episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all in all, I love it. Again, uh, 
Deny El Chima writes this, six out of 10. First, she tries to ruin Andy and April's wedding. Now she tries to ruin Ben's life. What is wrong with this character? She needs to go. This wow. is unbearable to watch with her. <laughs> I just, I just don't think Deny understands. Denial? No, I don't deny. I don't, I don't think she gets it. So I'm surprised she's still watching this far into the, the series, but six out of 10. I would give it, uh, I would give it a nine. Personally. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it up there in the nine ca- categories. Yeah. yeah. Category for sure. All, all right. Well, listener, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about the treaty. Uh, which is uh, a, another great episode. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, lines is in this one, so I'm excited. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have some uh, some Ron and Tom interaction, mm-hmm. and then everybody else at a model UN. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> it's I'm fun. looking forward to it. So, awesome. all right. Well, we will see you uh, or hear you will hear us later. <laughs> yeah, and I will see you later. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later, man. All right. Bye.